You're listening to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, a show where your hosts, Darian and Ethan, discuss the controversial topics often avoided by the church. They also discuss culture, society, and everyday goofs. And now, Darian and Ethan. Welcome, and we're back. Hey, here we are. I don't even know, I think this is episode eight. <coughs> episode eight. I think we're at episode It's technically nine, but like number eight. Yeah, we're like, we always say it's like episode eight, but we had that one pilot episode. We don't count that. I'm getting sad. I'm starting to get sad. You're getting sad? Yeah. Why are you sad? Because the end is drawing near. The end, we're not ending the show. I know, but <laughs> we kind of are. The we're, season is ending. Season one. Season one's ending, and it just feels like the end of an era. This is the this end. Is our podcast. Of the first season. Of our of the start of our lives, yeah. This is okay. We'll be back. Like the thing that we've created is so cool. Like so many people get inspired and like, I want to create something. I'm gonna do it. And they sit down and they're like try to work on it. And then like sometimes it happens, sometimes it never does. But like we just sat down. And we're like, we're gonna start a podcast. And we started a podcast. We did it. You know, we did it. We told people about it. and They started listening, and now we have a pretty big following. And and we're very honored by you guys. People listen and. It's fun. I was thinking about that earlier, too. Not necessarily the sadness part, because I know we're not ending it officially. We're just trying to, like, figure it, like, take a break, figure it out, and see what the future holds with it all. We'll be thousands of miles apart. We can still, depending on the Wi-Fi, we can figure it out. Yeah. But, um, with that, I was thinking, like, man, like, we actually are doing it. You know, we're doing the thing. Like, we were in our lecture today, we were talking about purpose, and I was talking about how, man, I really like talking. I really enjoy talking. I really enjoy explaining biblical things simply and stuff like that and helping people understand the world biblically. Me too. And I was like, man, we're doing that with the podcast. Yep. Like, it's happening. Like, that's... I'm doing what I feel like God is calling me to in a way that's like... Not the only way to do it, but definitely a feasible way to do it. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, I agree. So... It's really cool. What are you guys, our fans, doing with your lives to that is moving in a direction of what God's called you to, you know? I challenge you with that. It feels very fulfilling, honestly. It's really cool. And talking about being fulfilled, I've thought about that as well. I've been having a good week this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like having the fullness, like we had one lecture talking about leadership the other week, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You can have the fullness of everything that God's called you to." In, like, you can have it in fullness. Like, you don't have to feel worn out because you're doing a lot. Like, you can have the fullness of your calling if you're yeah. even when you're doing a lot. Like, I'm. School yeah. staffing or podcasting, small group leading, two different small groups, and it's like... Right, me too. And I'm still trying to have a social life, and it's like, oh, man. Well, yeah, I mean, I got three small groups. You got three? Yeah, dude. Why do you have three small groups? Two for DTS and then one for staff. Oh, because of the man of God thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, not man of God thing, Bible study. Wait, it's different for this DTS than yours. That's so weird. Yeah. That's a lot. Like, we're both doing so much, but it's like... And you're a worship leader, too. Yeah. Oh, Many things. Rip. I have many things. Rip, dude. I leave worship probably like twice a week, something like that. I work the sound booth like maybe once. Like I have like two weeks on one week off. Okay, that's cool. But the one week I played worship with you guys, I had that week off because I was playing worship. Nice. So I actually haven't been doing a lot. I kind of feel bad. I want to, I feel like I should take someone else's job. Like, hey, don't worry about it, dude. I'll take over. <laughs> but I'm like, I really don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. All right, bro. Well, how you been, though? How's how's this week been for you? It's Wednesday right now. A lot's happened in the world. Week's been pretty not great, actually. Yeah. Just because I've been sick for, like, the last three days. But it's not a big deal. Like, 
I'm still feeling good. I'm still positive. Like, it hasn't been bad for that reason. It just hasn't. I haven't done anything. Right. Like, being sick isn't necessarily, like, a negative for me. It's just like, a, oh, I can't do anything now for, like, a few days. It's like a timeout. Yeah. You're like, oh, man. I get sick and I get angry. Really? And, like, uh, it depends how bad the sickness If the sickness is really bad, I'll become a whiny baby. And I'm like, I'm just sick. I want to be better. People are like, I hate being sick because everybody knows you're sick and everybody's like, how are you doing? How do you feel? And, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, Every time they see you, I'm like, bro, I don't want to tell you how I'm Just please stop asking me that question. That's a stupid question. <laughs> you know how they say there's no stupid questions? That's a lie. That's a stupid question. Or, I, I, I like it sometimes because it does make you feel genuine like people love you and care about you. Yeah. But it's just, I live with a lot of people. Yeah. And every time I leave to, like, do anything, it's like, how you feel? What? Are you, what? Do you need anything? Can I help you? And it's awesome. Like, it makes you feel really cool. But also, like, when it happens 50, literally 50 times, like, when you just try to go get, like, some medicine or something like that, it's a lot. Yeah, people are like, how are you? Like, I just wanted to get some medicine and a conversation. <laughs> or, like, yes. Yeah, so My I'll head's be- pounding. I really don't want to tell you how I'm doing right now. <laughs> You're like, bro, not even... Just, just walk away. That's what you should but do. But I'm not complaining. I really value those people, but it's just a feeling I have right. when, when I experience yeah. being sick. Sometimes. Yeah, I get angry. Like, I'll be like, not angry at people around me, just angry at the sickness. Yeah. And I feel, like, personally offended. Yeah. Like, when I get sick, I'm like, how dare you That's how I was this morning. Yeah. This morning, I woke up, and I was like, Wednesday morning is my day to wake up at 6 and work out. Like, how dare you make me feel bad sickness? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? <laughs> Screw you, sickness. I'm going to do it anyway. And so I got up and just worked out. I was like, you can't make me stop doing this. What a and champ. I, it hurt the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I, like, every second I wanted to throw up. But whatever. You're like, I'm not stopping. It was worth it. Yeah, it's been a bad week for me because you've been sick and I haven't been able to hang out with you. I know. But other than that, my week's actually been amazing. Cool. Like, back on top of So I've been, like, we've been doing a Bible reading thing with our students. Like, every day we're trying to read the Bible in six months. So we got, like... Three to five chapters a day, which is not a lot. Like, mm. sometimes it's, like, seven chapters. It's still not a lot. Yeah. But I get so... I don't know. I just didn't prioritize it, so I'd get so backed up. Uh-huh. And, like, I would spend every Saturday... Or every Sunday, I'd spend two hours just, like, catching up on the week's reading. Nice. It was so bad. And this week, I'm, like, I'm caught up. I'm staying caught up. And I've also not had coffee all week because I'm making sure I'm not addicted to it. So I dropped coffee this week. Nice. And I've been getting a lot of, like, enough sleep. and still waking up early. Has it been hard to no. have coffee? Well, not really. I've been taking crazy naps. Like, Monday, I took a three-hour nap by accident. It's supposed to be a ten-minute nap. Probably because you're not getting enough sleep at night. That's the thing. I get, like, seven hours. Mm. I think it's because I didn't get sleep for so long. And I just substituted with coffee. And I dropped coffee, and my body's like, oh, wow. I've been having a problem. You remember how we talked about how I, like, cut my sleep cycle down? Your experiment, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I have been going to sleep and getting eight hours a little under eight hours every night and it's it's bad it's, it's not good eight yeah. hours is not good yeah no it's not not good at all i told you that. like nine <laughs> hours great maximum <laughs> peak peak performance nine hours seven hours seven the only difference between nine and seven hours for me is how i feel when i wake up when i wake up on seven hours i'm like i could sleep for two more hours but if i just got out of bed right now i'll be absolutely okay yeah it's mindset and so that's great but the problem is Every time I go to bed, like, everything's done. I just find myself getting tired, so I go to bed. I have eight hours. It's always, I have exactly eight hours left, and it's always mm. terrible. Like, eight hours is just, like, the middle of that sleep cycle, and I wake up, I'm like, oh, no. I can sleep for so <laughs> oh, much no. longer. <laughs> Have you seen Kevin Hart? He's like, yeah. oh, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's bad. Oh, man. I woke up. It's so up, strange. 
Okay, so I thought I set my alarm. I've been setting my alarm at like 540. Because mm-hmm. it was weird. Like, God told me last spring, or earlier this spring, I mean, this spring, God's like, I'm not allowing you to wake up anymore early. And I was like, what? What? And he's like, that didn't make any sense. I sound like a caveman. God, I was praying, and God brought me to the scripture that basically said my waking up is in vain, and my going to sleep late is in vain. Basically, God is like, Ethan, you're waking up early to spend time with me, but it's not even about spending time with me anymore. It's just, like, legalistic, and you're trying to check it off. And I was oh, like, wow. oh, my gosh, that hurts. So he's like, so now I'm not going to give you the grace to wake up early, and you're just going to have to figure it, like, you're going to have to, like, find the new season. Like, you're in a new season. Like, find out, like, how to spend time with me still practically mm-hmm. and honestly, but in this new season. And no matter how hard I tried waking up before, like, 645, it was, like, almost impossible. It was insane. I was like, what is going on? Wow. And I, like, tried to get up at, like, 4, and it would. I just couldn't. I had no energy, and I was like, weird. That's crazy. And then this last season, I was like, all right, God, like, I want to. <clears throat> or, like, in the fall, like, in September, I was praying. I was like, God, I want to wake up early again. He's like, yeah. I, was like I just want to know what time. And he gave me the time, like, 540. I was like, all right. I feel like that's the, the number that came to my mind was 540. I was like, okay, cool. So I've been wait. Every time I try to wake up before 540, it's rough. Huh. Unless it's because I'm doing the intercession hike, which is part of the school. Yeah. And we wake up, like, at, like, 4.50 sometimes. But if I wake up, bef- like, after 5.40, I feel like I'm playing catch-up all day. And I'm, like, behind on my schedule, even if I'm not. Yeah. And so, like, Monday I woke up at 5.40. Great. Had a whole hour with me and Jesus before breakfast. It was amazing. Wow. And I got to shower. It was great. And then yesterday, or Tuesday, I missed my alarm. And I was, like, I thought I had it set. But I actually turned my alarm off because I woke up before my alarm on Monday. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I woke up like 35. I didn't want it to go off and annoy my, and like wake up my roommates. So I turned it off and got out of bed. And then I forgot to reset it. And so I woke up on Tuesday. Wait, why did I have to reset your alarm? Not reset it. Sorry. I just turned it off. I meant to turn it back on. Like I turned off. Why I disabled did you turn it off? So it didn't go off and wake up my roommates. What? Because I woke up earlier. Man, Android is so much better than iPhones. They're not. <laughs> They're great. They're not. I have a little notification on the top of my notification bar, and it's like, would you like to turn off this alarm, your next alarm that's going to go off in like an hour? And you can turn, you can choose to turn off whenever you want. And hmm. so I don't have to turn off the whole alarm. I can just dismiss it for the next time it's going to go off, and it'll go off again the next time it's supposed to go off. Yeah, I can't do that. I have to turn off the whole alarm and then remember myself. Remind just myself. saying, Androids are a lot better. They're not better, dude. That's just your That opinion. is literally oh uh, something that is better about my Android. There's so many more things iPhone. better than Apple. You can't name There's one so thing. There's so many you can, more things. You can't things. name a single Bro, thing. You this, can't name one single guys, thing. Our listeners, this is one of the two things Derek and I argue about the most. <laughs> we don't uh, argue. I just present facts, <laughs> and he says, no, you're wrong. <laughs> I don't do any research. I had an Android for years. I had Androids up until I was 20 years old. You had garbage Androids. And then I was like, I'm not. No, I had good ones. I had, like, a Note 4. I had, like, top of the line. Like, I had the Note 7, and they started exploding. And I was like, I'm switching to iPhone, Sounds bro. Sounds like that's a bad Android. Yeah, all Androids are bad. That's my point. I had right. the top tier Androids. It's not a top tier Android. They were if terrible. it's exploding, it's not a top tier Android. Tell that to Samsung, bro. <laughs> it's Android. Anyways, back to the story. So I turned off the alarm, got up, and I didn't turn it back on. I woke up on Tuesday expecting to be at like 5.40 and another. And I woke up at like 6.50 to my roommate's alarm. Nice. And I was like, no, I missed an hour. And I was playing catch-up all day. But I was like... I had a little bit of free time. No, actually, Tuesday was super busy. But I was, like, not behind on anything. It was, like, I was totally on top of everything. Nice. But I just felt like I was behind. Nice. It was, like, micro-anxiety all day. That's a never, another Kevin Hart quote. 
No. No. <laughs> Kevin Hart's like one of my favorite comedians. I haven't watched Kevin Hart in a long time, but he's, he's rough to watch. After like you read the Bible so much, you're like, oh man, please. They're just so terribly inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> like he got divorced, and he's like, he's did he like, really? Yeah. In his show, he talked about. It, he's like, I'm divorced. He's like, I got divorced. He's like, I got divorced because I cheated. He's like, I'll admit it, I cheated. Ooh. And then he's like, but I don't regret it. Let what? me explain. And that was his whole stand-up show was how he was like not ashamed that he cheated. And he's like, I don't regret cheating. I think it's good. I think you need to grow. But I regret lying about cheating. And I was just like, dude, that's bad. I would regret all that's, those things. You did a bad thing. It's okay. We all do bad <laughs> things. A bad but that's, thing. that's a bad thing. Is that yeah. a song? Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know. But yeah. And then no coffee's been doing really well. I haven't, like, had a craving for it. I just miss it. I miss the aspect of yeah. drinking coffee. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't sit there like, oh, I need coffee. I just think, man, it'd be, like, really nice just to have, a, like, a cup of hot stuff right next to me. I've been getting into drinking tea lately, mostly because I was sick. That was actually you got the lemon ginger the, tea? The only reason. No, I just, I have, there in the girl's house, there's, like, a random assortment of just teas people have left. So I don't have two of the same kind of tea. I just have, like, ten different kinds of tea. <laughs> you know, like, in the, our cabinet in the kitchen, there's a lemon ginger tea. That, like, really? is super healthy That's for my you. favorite kind. It's so good, bro. Yeah. I've been drinking that all week because Who's I can't have coffee. It? It's just free. There's no label on it. But how long has it been there? I don't know. It's good. I've been drinking all week. Oh, oh man. I'm definitely getting some of that. Yeah, I was going to text you about it, but I was like, I was like, because I was going to tell you to get some garlic, but I was like, oh, he can have lemon ginger. I was like, oh, that's not garlic. No, lemon wait. ginger is my favorite kind of tea. Really? I haven't had many kinds of tea. But shout out to uh, Jessica Rorco, who made me some lemon ginger tea one time, and it was amazing. Yeah. I'll remember that. I might go to the store and buy some tomorrow, because it's so good. And we're almost out. Sweet. I have a sleepy time tea as well. If you need some, you can go have some. No, I don't need any sleepy time tea. Bro, it's so relaxing. You'd be reading the Bible with sleepy time tea. Bro, I feel like oh. tea would be the easiest thing to sell people who are just don't know anything about tea. And you're like, this tea helps you poop better, <laughs> and this tea helps you sleep. And you'd be like, Totally. Yeah, placebos are great. <laughs> <laughs> they honestly are, though. Yeah, it's Like, amazing. they work really well. Oh, yeah. Placebo works probably better than most things. Yep. I'm, I was reading this, uh, or no, I wasn't reading. I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about how um, doctors used to purposely use placebo. Not, mm-hmm. not currently, but, like, hundreds of years ago, before, like, there was a lot of established medicine, they would purposely use placebo because it works so well for people getting better. Yeah. It's crazy. We were, um, I was working the sound booth. And it was when I was first getting trained on all the technical stuff. And the guy, David, who was supposed to be there to run it all, he left for a bit. And the worship people were like, hey, can you do this? Like, can you switch the sound and stuff? I need more in this monitor. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I was like yeah, switch all the buttons. Yeah, I was like, sure. I just, like, twist some some, some knobs. I was, I was I remember being told about, like, yeah. I know these knobs do something. Yeah. So I did I did that. I was like, how's it sound? He's like, it's good. And David came by. He's like, what happened? I was like, well, they needed this, so I did this. And he's like, oh. He's like, you did nothing for them. Probably actually made it worse, but... I was like, they said it's fine. He's like, see? He's like, they don't actually need it switched. That's just placebo. That's a I was like, oh my gosh. It's so true. So I thought that was... I always think about that whenever I'm doing sound now. I'm like, they're like, can you turn me up on the monitor? I'm like, sure. Just don't do it, everybody. <laughs> yep, you're louder now. No, I'll, I'll do a little bit, but... That's so funny. It's it's great. Wow. 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 Crazy. But yeah. So, I was going to say this for culture, but... You kind of seemed confused about it when I showed you my notes. So I was going to talk about right now. Let's talk about John Chris. You want to talk about John Chris right now? That's what I want to talk about. Right now? Are we talking about it later? In? Yeah, we're going to talk about John Chris. Okay. If you guys don't it's know about it. I'm going to talk about it sometime because that's what I want to talk about. Oh, yeah. That's like the biggest thing. I'm excited about that one. 
I, I read the article on five hours after it came out. I was like, wow, this is fresh news. My goodness. And we're podcasters. So we're going to report on it tonight. And it's like really stop, fresh. We need to stop talking about it because I'm going to watch it right now. We can talk about it. Yeah. Um, no, I was listening to this um, sermon from John Mark Comer. And he was talking about how the sermon's title is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry or something like that. And removing the aspect of hurry from our life. Okay. And it was talking about how in 2019, like, we're always, like, trying to get stuff done. Like, oh, I have so much to do. I have so much to do. I don't, I had to, like, f- like, skip lunch to work hard and, like, get all, and everyone's just got this, like, crazy, like, grind mentality and hustle mentality. And, like, yeah. there's even, like, terms, like, good things come to those who grind or hustle. Yeah, right, right, right. right. And it's, like, man, this whole idea on our Western culture of, like, go, 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 go. And it's, like, the effects of that mindset in our culture on yeah. our spiritual life and how, Someone said the greatest enemy of a spiritual life is the is hurry. Like being in a in a state of hurry means like you forsake prayer because like I don't have time to pause and sit and then wait in the presence of God. I gotta go. I gotta go 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 go. Hmm. And I don't know about like maybe you don't experience that, but bro, that hit me like in the core. I was like, oh man, that's me, bro. Like yeah, because I wasn't for the last like two weeks. I haven't been really waking up at five forty. I've been like slacking hardcore. Mm-hmm. A bug was just crawling on me, and I just. Oh, that's gross. Anyways. I'm sorry. That just shocked me. <laughs> um, and so I was just like not waking up for my quiet times. And I just always felt like I was playing catch up and go, 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 go. And that just like this message spoke to me so hard. Like you need to like pause and stop and rest in the presence of God and like meditate on his word and like, take it slow. Like, and then I think either I think. Yeah. Then he said, like, that's why we call it like we walk with God. We don't run with God. And I was like, oh, man, like, and I guess he, he quoted a guy who's really smart. I don't know his name. Hmm. They always quote this guy. I should probably know his name by now. And I listen to their sermons quite a bit. But they said, like, if you had to describe Jesus in one word, how would you describe him? And this oh, guy no. said, relaxed. Really? Yeah. And he's just like, and I was like, I don't know if I'd use that. But There's so many things in what you're saying that I don't agree with. But I also really, really do agree with them, too. What do you what Well, do it's you just because with? I don't have that problem a lot. Like, it's really easy. I'm just super relaxed, so it's super easy for me. Yeah, to, you're the one of the most chill care. people I know. And so, like, <laughs> I wake up in the morning and realize, cool I, got, cool, I got, like, a full day in front of me. But, like, right now, this is my square of time where I don't have to think about anything. I can just be with the Lord and oh, relax. Oh, I cannot do that. And stuff like that. It's been hard for me in the past sometimes, but usually it's pretty easy. If I'm on outreach, it's definitely harder because I have 12 other people's lives on my back and I have to organize all these things. So it can be harder sometimes, but usually it's still pretty easy. Um, whenever someone makes blanket statements like this is the hardest thing to like this is the this hardest is the most part of spiritual thing. life yeah about spiritual life yeah. or like this is describe guy in like one word like it's just so hard to do right so I, I agree I but I also like don't yeah I don't know if I would say relaxed because yeah. he was also flipping tables and stuff yeah but I understand what they're saying they're like hey he's not like he's not anxious he's not worried he's just he's relaxed he's not he's calm about like your situation yeah, he's not yeah, worried yeah, about yeah, yeah. so I get that but yeah, you, yeah, guys, you, if you don't know Derry, he's like literally like the most chill person I probably know where he's like genuinely okay and we'll have fun with whatever we do as long as like his friends are there and we're having a good time. Yeah. You want to go to the beach? Sure, that sounds great. You want to go to hike? Yeah, sounds great. You want to watch movies? Yeah, sounds great. Like anything we do, as long as he's like, yeah, we're with community, it's a good time. I'm like, bro, I don't know. I think I, I don't, extreme maybe. I don't find myself very anxious, but more... I know what I want and I know what I don't want, I think. And I, like you're just way more go with it than I am and I'm just like 
I love I love comparisons where it's like I'm not like you like like I have ambition and like in the drive <laughs> of life you're like, extreme so I maybe I'm more yeah I think I'm more extreme and like wild because I think you're very calm and you can be extreme and you get heated and like debates and you love it. No, like my favorite thing in life is to like be in dangerous situations. Like when I was a, oh when I was a lifeguard for seven years, like I lived for the days when like something would go wrong and like you have to save someone or something like that, or like you got like some kind of test or drill or something on you and you had to like perform. Like that was my favorite part. Yeah, was when I had to like save someone's life. That's like the best part of the day. And so I live for the, like the moments of chaos. I'm just a calm person. Yeah. Okay, you're more calm. Let's just say that. You're more calm than I am. I don't like those extreme cases. I'm like, bro, why can't I just have a day where it's just nothing? Just nothing happens all day. Like, I like those days, too. Like, an outreach when people, like, I, like, walk downstairs, and I was like, I remember I was this one time, I was, like, so excited to have a quiet time, and I was like, woke up early, but, like, an hour before, or two hours before we go to ministry. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. I walk downstairs, and, like, my student's like, um, Ethan, the water tank leaked all night and flooded the floor and I was like oh my gosh yeah that's not a fun thing and I was like okay and I don't thrive I can do it like I don't like fail in those situations like shut down and like no one talks to me I'll be like alright let's freaking handle it let's do it I'll figure it out right but I don't ha- like love it like we just had a, oh yeah I don't like, love that either like our lecturers were like talking about how they had a heart they went to Greece to work with the refugees and that's where they found out they have a heart for like the most extreme, like people yelling, it's chaos, like everything's going bad and they're like, all right, we're thriving here, let's work. Wow. And I'm like, that's so not me, bro. I want everything organized and tidy and nice. Interesting. Maybe I'm more type A, that's maybe it. I think that's a Are term. You? Is that like Yeah, I know, I know what type A is. I'm definitely, I don't know, I, that has to do I like, don't think I'm type B, but I'm also not type A. Type A is more given to like anger and stuff like that, right? Yeah. I only know the cons of it. I know I'm definitely more given to anger. It's something I've been... I, I only know the out. positives. I don't know. I haven't studied it at all. I've just had... I know the definitions based off of how you, people have used them to me before. Yeah, yeah. And I know type B as being, like, relaxed and stuff like that. And, like, easygoing, go with the flow. And type A is, like, assertive and, like, the leader kind of dominant. Yeah. You're, like, in the middle. But I'm like, both of those things. Type A point B. <laughs> yeah, if you're AB. if you guys are familiar with the Enneagram, I'm a type one or I can be a type eight, depending. Like it's pretty close up there. And Darius, what they call what do they call you guys? A divergent. A divergent. I'm a movie series. Yeah, you guys are like they're so. Um, what cool. do you call? <laughs> they're so cool. Awesome. They're like the perfect human being. They yeah, are the equal of spreads of multiple of the types. Yep. And so they just don't fit in a category because they're very evenly spread, which so is I'm, like I'm, that's the goal of the Enneagram. Yeah. Is that you grow into be like that? I'm five of the nine types. I'm type one, high type eight. I could see a, a three. Are people looking at us? Yeah, Liam's looking at us. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys didn't know, we're in the car again. We're in the van. <laughs> we're in the van, and like people walk by on this path, and they can definitely see us all the time. It's and they, so it's funny. like it's not the middle of the night, but it's like nine thirty or something like that, and like there's just two dudes sitting with like a light. <laughs> It's like dark, man. And so people walk by and like, who is that? Who is-? And we got the windows open so you can hide a little bit, hear us. Yeah. They're cracked. It's all of our students. Yeah. It's just funny. All right. So shout out Liam if you listen to the podcast. I don't think any you of just us. just walked by. I know Amy does. I don't know if any. I think Madison. Shout out Amy. I think she was with Liam. Oh, there we go. Wait, are my two students were alone, guy and girl. You know why that's okay? Because they're secondary students. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. We trust them. Uh, <laughs> sure. I think... 
Madison and Amy listen to our show, and I don't know if any of the other students do. Shout out, Madison. Thanks, friends. All right. Shall we move on? Yes. All right. This... Okay, so what we're about to talk about, we already said it's John Chris. This is, like, fresh off the freaking press, guys. Dude, well, I, I started reading this article, like, before we started talking about it, and I got, like, ten paragraphs in. I was like, yeah. this is kind of long. Yeah, I know. And it then, was, like... And then I looked... I didn't look at, like, the side-scrolling bar yet to see, like, how long it actually was. Because you know how I can see, like, yeah. you scrolling for a while, like, how far down you are? I was at the top, bro. Yeah. I was, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is like 100 paragraphs. I'm not working. I read for like probably more than five minutes. I was just keep reading and reading and it's reading. Long. I, was, I was like, it's an internet article. It's not going to be that bad. And I kept scrolling. I was like, bro, every time it gets to like, okay, it's about to finish up and this article is going to be yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. I look, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm only halfway done. I was like, okay, I get the point. Yeah. I'm not. I just skimmed. I, like, I read yeah. all the, like, the headers after that to get like all the information and kind of figured it yeah. out. All right. So. Uh, we're just going to give it to you guys straight if you haven't heard it already. Because when you're hearing this, this will have happened, like, what, three days before? Yeah. Four days before? They did the math. They figured out he's the Antichrist. Oh, my gosh. His name. <laughs> that is such... It's crazy. We figured it out. We didn't think it would be... We thought it would be, like, a lot harder than this. But we figured it out, guys. So stop listening. <laughs> we're good. That's such an extreme the, thing. The devil's <laughs> plans are foiled. I honestly don't know what to, to do from here. Take down Christianity through comedy and... Now who's laughing? We figured it out. <laughs> now who's laughing? He honestly did a really bad job. Like, it was pretty easy to figure out. All his comedy was bad. No, I'm just kidding. It was pretty funny. It was all right. That's one of my friends today. I was like, oh, did you hear about John Chris? And she's like, you mean that, is that the not good Christian comedian? I was like, oh my god. Yes, that's who that is. Also, like, terrible rapper. I've laughed at his stuff quite a bit. I think Trey Kennedy is a little bit more funny because he's less about the... His YouTube videos are okay, but I yeah. never thought anything of his was really great. I, I liked, think, I, you know what I liked? I liked his draft videos. When he do like the Christian yeah. pastors draft yeah. or stuff like that. I was a Hillsong fan of draft. those. Yeah. yeah, I was a worship leader. Fan. Or is a worship leader draft, yeah. Yeah, they have pastor drafts too though. Yeah, I liked, he, he did this one stand-up sketch where he was basically just reading off like shows kids weren't allowed to watch growing up. Huh. So basically he posed the question to his fans and they replied. So it wasn't his like, his content that he created, it was just reporting on what people couldn't watch when they were younger and that was fun that's so relatable because funny. yeah I thought that was funny because they're like like I couldn't watch like Dragon's Tale when I was younger what? it was Dragon's Tale it was the first thing I ever watched the first thing I ever watched was probably Land Before Time well yeah those two things and then VeggieTales okay yeah oh we were both homeschooled you couldn't you watched Dragon Tales? yeah dude like the first two things I ever watched were Dragon Tales and Land Before Time wow I couldn't watch Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, no one can watch Pokemon. Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah, both those Dragon Ball Z. Of course not. <laughs> Harry Potter. Anyways, describe... 23 haven't seen Harry Potter still. <laughs> describe who John Christ is and what's going on. Yeah, so... If you guys don't know, John Christ is probably the f- most famous Christian comedian. Easily. Yeah, the most yeah. famous. Very high up there in the Christian celebrity world. Mm-hmm. He's traveled with Winter Jam um, doing stand-up, which Winter Jam is a concert. Like, if you guys don't know, it's like... It's like all music stuff, I think. I've never been there, yeah. but they might have a few speakers, but they brought a comedian. Like, he's so big that they got a yeah. comedian to go. He was a big Viner back in the day, and that's how he got started. Oh, okay. That's like, I didn't know that. I never had Vine. And he did YouTube but, videos. But yeah, so he makes a lot of these funny videos. He'll be like, um, like, he'll do like Christian moms in Walmart or something like that, and just like a bunch of like stereotypical Christian things. Yeah. He kind of pokes fun at like the things of Christian culture that you can make fun of, like just the 
like pastors on Easter Sunday he has a video about that. Right. It's just like all poking fun and stuff. He's got some good stuff. Yeah. And he's been getting traction and I think he was like on he's had multiple um comedy tours. Yeah. And he was planning one and he was on one this this year. The article that that we read said he had uh several million like 3 million over a few of his platform subscribers and that he had over a billion uh like watches or listens on all of his platforms. I didn't know it was over a billion. Holy cow. Yeah. I saw the 3 million thing. And yeah, so very famous, very big platform, and he is openly Christian. He doesn't necessarily preach the gospel. Yeah, but he talks about how most of his content Christian. is geared towards Christians. Yeah, it's geared towards Christian comedy and like good, clean humor that we can laugh at and enjoy without worrying about like like Kevin Hart type stuff. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And so yeah, he's I've always, I've always enjoyed his videos. He did one video with. Um, 12 Disciples in 2019 and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah, they yeah, had yeah. Twitters and it was like, that was really funny. He did that with Trey Kennedy. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that was cool. And so, yeah. But unfortunately, some things happened and it came out in the last, They came, I guess they've been coming out for the last couple of years. Like, things have been like, like said, but no one's ever actually reported. About him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, accusations have been like, like hurled at him, which, I mean, it makes sense if you've got 3 million people yeah. Like on your like subscribe to over a billion views, you're gonna p- get people who don't like you. Yeah. Unless you're the Antichrist. Yeah. Actually, then Christians won't like them either. But um, who knows? <laughs> but but yeah. So you're like you're, you're gonna get that, and that's fair. But what what came out is actually really sad, and we wanted to talk about it and bring it up to you guys and whatnot. So do you want to share what happened? No, you do. Or I share what you happened. You know more about it. Okay. You read the full article. I didn't read the full article. I just read more than you. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So. Uh, Charisma News did an article that was the first one because I was at um, Christianity Today or something another Christian news site yeah. and they quoted Charisma News so I went to their site oh, okay. they're the first ones to report on it I think and there has been multiple allegations on like towards John Christ of sexual misconduct towards women mm-hmm. in um, like whether trying to sleep with them or like trying to invite them over like to their to his hotel, bribe them. Yeah, trading like tickets to his shows for sexual favors. Yeah, and whatnot, and all this stuff. And it's like there's testimonials from people's names who are like, they change the names for their protection. But there's like multiple stories that came out, and then other people who are like told about it and in interviewed. They're like, oh yeah, you didn't know he had like struggled with this. And like, yeah, well, he openly admits that he's a sex addict. Yeah, yeah. So he openly admits that he's addicted to sex and stuff like that, and. He says he sought help in the past, but yeah, in light of all this coming out and it being very big news and with this platform and stuff like that, like, uh, like rightfully so, a lot of people are like shocked and like I think upset, you know. Yeah, that's a huge bummer. Yeah, and we're like we're sad for him too. Like that, like we want to like recognize like he is our brother in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to handle this in a mature, godly yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so in light of all this, he's decided to cancel all his shows for yeah. the remainder of the year and seek legitimate help. Yeah. So he's he's making the right steps forward. Yeah, it's really sad. Do you think everything that like people said about him is true? I don't know if I. Say- there's a lot of stuff. Like there's a lot of like <laughs> sexual assault allegations. There's a lot of like bribery allegations. Like right. not just one person. Like detailed. Like the reason the thing was so long, the article yeah. was because it was like detailed reports of like what this person did and how they did it, when they did it, and all like the evidence towards him. Yeah. So it was pretty convicting. And he came out with a statement that said, um, "Not everything that's been said about me." is true, but some of it is. And so he wasn't very, like, he was pretty vague about what, like, yeah. was true and what wasn't true, and, like, what he had done and what he hadn't done. So he was admitting, like, some of it was true, but some of it wasn't true. Yeah, he said, 
Um, I guess his one of his accountability partners are friends. One mm-hmm. of his friends would always say like, "Oh yeah, I guess not accountability partner yeah. really." But he said like this one girl was like, "Oh yeah, like he would always call me and talk about how he was like hooking up with girls and stuff like that." But like when they say hooking up, it was like more than making out, but not full on intercourse because oh, he always wanted to honestly say he was a virgin. Okay. So just like. It's like the middle school or high school way to get away with sexual yeah, yeah, morality. Yeah. It's like, well, we didn't have sex. Right. But we did everything else. Like, you know, it's like, come, come on, bro. Dude. Yeah. So he came out and he was like pretty humble in his the email that he wrote. And it was saying like, yeah, I'm going to seek help. Like, this is not okay. I want to genuinely like apologize to everyone I've hurt. And like, I, I want to like genuinely seek out forgiveness for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's been a problem that he's been dealing with for a while. And like his family and close friends are mm-hmm. aware of it. But yeah. it's just, I think it's just a shame that like, it got and he had like in the article it got to like he said like there was text messages that he was like saying like man I wish it would just come out all in the open at one time so I could just I could get over it Mm -hmm. you know so I mean he kind of got what he wished for but yeah it's just sad that this had to happen like this way you know yeah I think this is will be like how well I can't speak it'll be cool to see how the Christian community reacts to it and just like secular people react to it as well I think it'll be a good example to the world if Christians do it right of like love and forgiveness yeah. and that's like helping someone else who is also a Christian like how we love each other that's how they're gonna know who mm-hmm. our God is right yeah so I think how we uh, approach him how we treat him um, how we like treat his comedy now and stuff like that is gonna be really important I think people are absolutely redeemable like he's done a lot of bad stuff but it doesn't mean he should stop doing comedy it doesn't right. mean he should like lose his job and all this kind of stuff. I think he should absolutely still doing still do tours, but he should absolutely like what he did was good. Like take time off, like actually seek counseling, like figure this out. Like yeah. you've been trying to seek counseling for a long time, but like you, he's now taking like the rest of the year off to be very intentional and figure this out so he can be done with it and put it like behind him. Mm-hmm. Figure out why he's a sex addict, like what he's medicating with sex, yeah, and and get over it. You know, yeah, heal from it or whatever. Find it those- is deep-rooted things and, like, like the things that happened in his past that caused all that. And yeah. Work through, yeah, I'm, I mean, there's definitely, like, accountability. Like, if I was a pastor and that happened, I don't know how soon I would want to have him come to a show at a church I was having, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'd be like, hey, dude, I want you to have, I would be down to have you back. I just, I, it's going to take some time. Like, it's going to take time to rebuild trust, and that's just normal. Yeah, absolutely. But... Like, I think, like, Kanye just became a Christian, but that guy's getting redeemed. I think right. a brother in Christ who, who, like, knows all this stuff and, and knows a lot more about the Bible, or I'm assuming knows more about the Hopefully. Bible than Kanye does. I think, he, like, yeah, I, have, I have the same hope for Kanye that I have for him. Like, I totally see yourself, like, like see you being redeemed. Mm-hmm. And we, I think the Christians, and now, like, that's the question, right? How are Christians going to handle it? And I think that's where the responsibility yeah. falls on us. Like, we can say, like, oh, he dealt with stuff, it's bad, whatnot. But that's not going to do anything, and it might turn to gossip, and that's yeah. then we fall into sin, right? So the question is, like, how do Christians, and this is a good, like, conversation for us to just stop on for a little bit, like, how do Christians respond to other Christians that are in positions of authority or positions of influence when they sin, you know? Right. And I think all of us know people in that, like, pastors, like, it, it, like, everyone who goes to church has a pastor, and that's a position of influence, and how do we react when they fall into sin, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the thing to remember is that we're all we're all in process, right? Like we all are on a journey of discipleship, and we're all human and we're fallible. Yeah. And so yeah, there's accountability behind them. There's like biblical mandates on how to handle like when people are caught in sin. Right. But the thing we don't do, we 100% don't like slander and gossip and just malign them. You know? Yeah, 
Absolutely. Like, that's the natural spots of what we want to do. Yeah. But it's not what we're called to do. Yeah. We need to love them. Yeah. Yeah. But also, we have to call out what's wrong and what needs to be fixed and stuff like that. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I almost think, like, it's so situational, it's hard to even talk about. Like, what do you do when a pastor sins? And, like, what is the sin? What's the congregation like? What is the response of the congregation? Like, all these kind of things. Like, how serious was the sin, like I already said. Mm -hmm. Um like, how long did that person take off? What's their response to it? Like, are they in a repetitive place? Like, what do they think? What was the ministry they were doing in the first place? Like, it's also, like, situational. It's hard to even talk about. Yeah. We have to bring up, like, certain situations to address, I think. Yeah. It'd be a but, good, it'd be good, maybe, like, full podcast. Ooh, that'd be really good. That yeah. we could talk about. But we could bring up certain situations. Yeah, and I know Galatians says something like, uh, like, if you see someone, like, catch a brother and send, like, restore him gently. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know? And so that there is always in the Bible that aspect of redeeming. And the only time you ever reject someone in confrontation is when, like, you go to them one-on-one and they won't hear you out. And then you go to, like, take two or three other people who also have seen, like, the, the certain behavior and tell them, hey, you got to change this. Yeah, and, like, and then present them to the church. Yeah, and it's, like, when they're unrepentant. When yeah. they're unrepentant one-on-one, unrepentant in small group. If they're very unrepentant, then it's when you call them out in the church and you, the Bible says to treat them as like, as like an unbeliever. Like, don't even like, excuse me, don't even like have a, it's just like don't even have a meal with like the fake Christians, right? Yeah. Or the unrepentant Christians. It's like, don't even hang out with those guys because they're not promoting, they don't love Christ. They don't, they don't actually live for Christ. Right. And so the only time we reject someone and it would, it's like, oh, it's not like a, ever a joyous thing. It's like Christians yeah. are never like excited to. Yes, we get to reject someone. It, like it like breaks our hearts, man. It's like, right. man, like you, we gave you so many chances and you just mm-hmm. didn't repent. Like I've seen that. Like even in YWAM, I've seen people like come and go through like part of the course and then they get sent home because they just they did some things and they weren't repentant for it. Or if they were repentant, they fell back into it and they just just kept stumbling. And they're like, at the end of the day, it's like, do you really want to be here? Like you're not seeking the accountability, you're not seeking the help. Yeah, and you're trying to hide everything, and they just weren't repentant. Like. Man, it broke our hearts, man. It was like people who were close to me, like leaving the ministry because they just are not willing to give up the ways of the world. Yeah, it's hard to. It's a hard topic to address and attack, but it's a really good one and really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's emotionally tricking for a lot of people. Yeah, like I'm uh, like I can imagine like a lot of moms who like love John Chris stuff and like wanted their kids <laughs> to like listen to John Chris, and then the moms are like, no, like John not John Chris. Yeah, it's like not the golden child of Christian comedy, you know? <laughs> but it's like, there's still hope. There, you know, like, there's hope for you, there's hope for us, there's hope for everyone. That's yeah. the, the whole message of Jesus Christ is that no one's ever too far gone. Yeah, you know? there's forgiveness and grace and second chances for everybody. Yeah, so I think that's, that, like you said, it's going to be really interesting to see how Christians respond. I think that, like, we need to even be, like, saying that on social media. I know we only have, like, a couple hundred followers ourselves, but it's like, yeah. to remind people, like, hey guys, like, like, at least those, like, couple hundred followers will see, like, Remember, like, the cross. Remember grace. Remember mm-hmm. Christianity. And, like, oh, dude, the yesterday we had uh, this guy named Tyson Alika, who's a pastor here on the island and has been, like, preaching for, like, over 10 years. Super dope guy. Radically got saved. Used to be a gangster. Loves Jesus. Yeah. Amazing. Like, one of my favorite dudes on the island, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that dude. And he came and spoke, and he's like, he's like, you forgot the gospel of grace when someone else's sin bugs you more than your sin does. Like, mm-hmm. you forgot the grace of God when you look at someone else and you're like 
angry at what they're doing, but you're not mad about the sin in your life, or you're not, like, fighting the sin in your life. And I was just like, bro, that's so good. It's interesting. I don't know if I agree with that completely. Really? I just don't want to instantly agree with everything I hear for the first time. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's valid. <laughs> that's cool, though. I wrote it down. I was like, man. That... It just, I was like, bro, like, how many times have I gotten mad at people? Because, like, yeah. they're doing something I think is wrong, but then I'm, like, judging them in the midst. Like, I'm sinning because I'm causing, like, ungodly judgment. Yeah. While they're also, and I'm like, mm-hmm. it's like the speck in the eye and the log and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I definitely like, agree that's a definitely a dangerous mindset to have. Like, being judgmental like that. The only thing I'm trying to think about right now is, like, in just for hearing that sentence right now. Yeah. Is, uh, like, anger is, is the proper response to injustice. Yes. And I want to be angry when something terrible happens. So I don't know how to respond in... I have to think about that a little more, I think, before yeah. I, like, gave a correct response. Maybe um, don't maybe don't go with the word anger so much. I kind of just throw that in there. Yeah. But the idea of being bothered by. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally understand what he's saying, okay. and I know how to apply what he's saying. Um, yeah, definitely. Cool. Sweet. All right, so moving on. I so, think, hold on, okay, if we okay. could take one little, like, lesson from all of this John Chris thing and everything, I think it'd be really good to take this lesson from it, um, and that is that uh, Tim Hawkins has always been the best <laughs> That's like '90s Christian stuff, bro. How did he still going hard? He still goes hard. Yeah. Oh man, he's just a little older. But I he's know, still really funny. All I really know by him is, uh, I think he had a skit with dogs where he's talking about dead, dead, you're dead. Or no, that was that was get smart. There was something like John Chris did that I thought was really funny, but he also did the Hey There Delilah remix. Did you ever hear that? No. He rewrote. Uh, I don't know. He rewrote Hey There Delilah from the perspective of Samson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So he's just yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Hawkins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Great. So funny. We have a lot of Tim Hawkins stand-ups, like, on uh, DVD at home, and I think I've seen him once or twice in Have concert. you seen Thou Shalt Laugh? Yeah. Oh, man. Those are great. That is classics. so funny. Those are classics, <laughs> The one guy's like... So this guy comes in with, like, obviously he's bald and he's wearing fake hair. And he walks <laughs> out to check out, and I just look at him and say, how would you like... To pay. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's always stuck with me. I was like, that's so... You can't say that to people. And like, he's like, yeah, he's like, this heavier set girl walked in, and like, and I said, like, she was waiting in line, and she was there for a little bit, and she got to the cash register, and I just leaned in, and I said, I'm sorry about your weight. Oh. And it's like, oh, You can't say dude. this kind of... How did they get away with this kind of stuff? <laughs> it's the 90s, bro. They were so more offensive than we are now. 90s Christian comedy. Apparently, <laughs> was super edgy. <laughs> you can't even say that stuff normally now. You can say that if you weren't a Christian com- comic now, but if you said that, like, you can't be... Mm. It's just like, mm. everyone's going to be offended. Like, how dare you make fun of me being bald? It's like, I just imagine, oh, like, man. comedy being so attacked right now in even, like, the non-Christian world. Like, how much more are there right. lines in the Christian world for comedy? <laughs> like, that's crazy. But that's the problem, though. Right? We live in a culture of offense right now. Everyone looks to get mad. And yeah. I would love to talk about that one day. But, like, sure, man, like, I think there's a Bible verse that talks about how people in the end times are progress from like being one like more offended and more offended and more offended mm-hmm. and like i remember i don't know where but i remember reading it and i thought like oh my gosh this makes so much sense this is happening in my culture right now yeah everyone's pissed off about one thing or another there's probably people getting pissed off i said pissed off on a podcast yeah whatever dude <laughs> you're pissed off someone's pissed off about you saying pissed off on a podcast <laughs> that's 
That's a tongue twister for you. Anyways, that was not hard to say. All right, so moving on to our other cultural stuff. Yeah, I think we got time. Yeah. So we want to talk about... A few minutes? Yeah. Maybe like briefly talk about um, the U.S. just pulling out of the Paris deal and the Paris, or the Paris Agreement. Um, it was an agreement among, I think, like 183, 193... Wait. It was 195 different uh, countries who agreed. They basically came together like this. Like, imagine just like a group of guys coming together and they're like... They all live in the neighborhood, and they all agree that that vacant lot across the street that they all like live next to that has a whole bunch of garbage in it. They all agree they're going to clean that up. Okay, you know what I mean. And like you are America in this like why in this, in this house? Why am I America? Right? And and you have the biggest house, right? <laughs> and so they're like you have you have the most responsibility in cleaning that up, but we're all going to help. And everybody like agrees together they're gonna help, right? And so that's what this is. But for climate oh, change, because I got the biggest house, I got the most most responsibility. Yeah. So hold that's on, hold on, hold on. That's just no, it's not messed up. <laughs> it's just that's how it is. And so um, that's like what this Paris Agreement was. It was us and um, 194, I guess, other countries mm-hmm. that decided we would all work on reducing our greenhouse gas emissions hmm. over the next. Uh, a uh, few years, or not a few years, like the next like fifty years or something like that. It was okay. a long time, um, but we are the first country to like get out of that and exit the deal. <laughs> we said no, we're not cleaning up the lot. <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore. Right? You and want so, me to pull my weight? How dare you? <laughs> a whole bunch of people were mad about it, right? Because like climate change is a huge topic right now, like probably like the topic, the like, biggest myth of our culture right now. <laughs> that in the flat and the global <laughs> earth. <laughs> You messed up when you said flatter. I know. I'm sorry. Globe Earth is a myth. Um, <laughs> so funny. Um, man, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, like before this, it was like gun control a couple months ago, and now it's like climate change again. Like that one girl did her speech, and now everybody's freaking out. The world's going to end in 12 years. We're all going to die. It's good. It's crazy, right? Oh, man. And so lots of propaganda be throwing around, being thrown around, and... Just everybody is all hyped up on climate change. Everybody's buying their, like, metal straws, getting their plastic straws. Costco has paper straws now. I'm so upset, bro. All that crazy stuff, right? And so the fact that the U.S. pulled out of this, people just don't understand what it is. So there's a ton of backlash (laughs) because Trump's, like, we're pulling out of it. So it's, like, a thing Trump did, not a thing, like, America did. Yeah. And so it's, like, basically it's seen by Americans and by a lot of other people as, like, America doesn't care about climate change, and this is Trump saying, like, a middle finger to, like, climate change. Like, I don't I don't care anymore, right? It's, it's just like this, like, the joke last week about, like, or two weeks ago about, like, mimicking people. Like, <laughs> it's like the U.S., uh, like, I don't know, the Dems were like, oh, like, climate change, the world is getting hotter, and Trump's like, the world's getting hotter. The world's getting hotter. That's like what, that's like what he's saying. And we so, need to save the world. We need to save the world. <laughs> the penguins. The penguins. <laughs> the penguins. The turtles. Guys, we go snorkeling, and we see sea turtles quite often. All the time. Never seen a straw in its nose. Nope. So, myth. Bring back the plastic straws. <laughs> no, China's definitely throwing a lot of straws in the water, dude. Bring back the plastic anyways, straws. Anyways, so... <laughs> Everybody is V mad about this. V like, mad is V mad about this dude. Super mad about Trump pulling out of this deal, um, which he wanted to pull out a long time ago. 
pull out of a long time ago. But he couldn't because there was like this clause where he had to wait three years before you, anybody pulls out of the deal. Okay. And so it's been three years, and so now he's pulling out. Um, but it takes like a whole year for the U.S. to fully pull out. But it'll fully be like exited before the next president comes in. So no matter what, we're exiting the deal. And originally I was like, wow, why would he do that? Like, why would he exit this deal? Like with everybody else that's like super on board with like cleaning up, like in our analogy, cleaning up this lot. Like, why would he do that? Right. You know what I mean? And so, um, I was confused, but then I watched, uh, the Philip DeFranco show today and Philly explained it like super well. And he was like, basically like in our analogy, I'll, I'll kind of use our analogy instead of the one he used. In our analogy, it's like if we all as a community decide to clean up that lot and we're America mm-hmm. and like everywhere else, all the other houses are all these other countries, right? And But there's no repercussions whatsoever. So I was like, we're going to clean up that lot, but like all on our own time at different times, like whenever we want to. Whenever so we're not we going like to be together. It's just like we're going to clean up the lot on our own time. And then like the U.S. like takes Tuesday and it like cleans up part of the lot and then, like, it comes back a week later, and it's like, hey, no one else is cleaning up the lot. It's just me. Oh. And so there's no repercussions. <clears throat> it's basically it was that we were going to uh, not get the temperature to rise, uh, like, one and a half degrees Celsius or something like that in the next, uh, like, ten years or yeah. something. Um, like, by 2030, I well, think. Well, that, that's... Or something like that. That's not very... That's not a lot at all. I know, but... Everyone just put the air conditioning on. It's still a big deal. Anyways... So, um, we all had goals, like, this is where our greenhouse gas emissions are now, and this is where we want to have them in, like, 10 years, right? Lower. And China was like, screw you guys, we're not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) So they're like, no, literally, like, you know what? We're raising them. Like, they're going up. And so, they projected to have higher greenhouse gas emissions in the next 10 years. And so it's like, if China's one of the houses on the block, they're just like... They're taking the trash from your dumpster that you took from the place and putting it back in the lot just to piss you off. No, we like the trash. <laughs> uh, that's like kind of the analogy. So the U.S. is like, screw you guys. We're not doing this anymore. Like, yeah. we're the only one here cleaning up this lot. You guys are doing nothing. So we're not going to do this. And so I think the U.S. is still, like, doing everything they can, obviously, to work on greenhouse gas emissions. We just don't want to be part of, not be part of this dumb deal. Yeah, we're, like, you know we're not mean? part of your club. You guys are learning it. Yeah, You guys exactly. just want us to do it. Yeah. But a lot of people are pointing to, like, we might not get to be part of, like, the new technologies coming out about, like, renewable energy and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't know that much about it, but it was interesting. I would be willing to bet a lot of the new technology that they have probably could be invented in America. Oh, no, it will be invented like, in America. Yeah, like, what do you mean you can't have, we're not allowed to have our technology? <laughs> like, what are you going to do? They're going to buy all of it, dude. <laughs> no, that that could be, that, that's something that could actually happen. I'm just kidding. They'll buy all rights to it. We'll make it, and then China will rip it off. Yeah. Like everything else that happens. <laughs> Except they haven't ripped off our republic yet, because they have communism. Bummer. <laughs> well, then they forgot to rip off. <laughs> They'd be so much better off. No, they wouldn't. Nah. I mean, they would, but they wouldn't be able to rip off everything anymore. So, like, That's true, you'd hinder yourself. Like... By ripping off that part of America, you would henceforth destroy everything else you want yeah, to rip off. Yeah, but the people would be happier. Oh, screw the people. Dude. I was watching a Stephen Furtick thing about... How they gauge healthcare. Like, he was talking about how, like, America's healthcare system is, like, number 10 in the world. Like, between, like, I think, like, I think Yugoslavia is, like, under. And he's, like, he's, like, you know, they measure, he's, like, by how happy they 
believe the people. No, no, no. Are. you were watching a Stephen Crowder thing. That's what I said. What is it? You said Stephen Crowder. Oh, oh! I was <laughs> like, why is Stephen Crowder talking about climate change, bro? No, yeah. Sorry, Stephen Crowder. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was watching a Stephen Furtick thing earlier today. Stephen Furtick, or Stephen Crowder was talking about that. And he's like, yeah, he's like, they gauge it on how happy they are. Right, it's he's hilarious. Like, That's, what, how do you measure happiness? <laughs> I was like, bro, we won't get into it because we don't have time, but that was just so funny. It was pretty funny, yeah, like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, we're not judging it by quality or by how often you get it or, like, right. how long the lines are and stuff like that. Or how we're talking well, by how happy you are. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And he's like, look, he's like, if you give a homeless person a crappy sandwich, they're going to be happy. Yep. He's like, they're going to be really happy. That's all they have to eat. That doesn't someone mean in America the same sandwich, and they're like, what do you, what do you yeah. give me? I'm he's not like, buying this. He's like, I, he's like, I could be ungrateful with my steak and gravy, but they're going to be stoked with their crap sandwich. That's all they got. Right. Like, I was like, dang. But Crowder didn't say crap. He just yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said other things. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to That's our main, main topic. topic. This is going by really fast. Yeah, let's talk about Stephen Furtick. Stephen Furtick. Speaking of Stephen Furtick. Speaking of Stephen Furtick. I mean, heretics. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. I think Stephen Furtick saved. He's a nice guy. He just needs to support me financially. I've never heard anything bad him say anything bad. He was on Sneakers and Preachers today. Was he really? For $575 shoes. Oh my gosh. Which isn't that bad. It's not bad. Especially if they were given to him. Yeah, like if someone gave me $500 shoes, I'd I'd wear them. Yeah. Like, shoot, bro. I'd probably sell them. That's what people say all the time. I'm like, bro, you can't sell gifts. It's just rude. I don't know why. I mean, it's just my conviction. But if someone gifted me $3,000 shoes, I would wear them because we I'm already like, don't have enough time to talk about this. I know, but I'm like, bro, it's a gift. Whatever. End of the day. <laughs> Let's move I'd on. Tell them. <laughs> We're talking about something that I think has been more exposed in the last couple of years than it has been ever in its entire existence. Yeah, there's like a major war going on right now. Yeah. It. Which I'm super happy about. Like, this is great. This means God's moving. Yeah. We're talking about the prosperity gospel. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah. Money. Money. <laughs> to me. I was talking to um, one of I was talking to one of the staff about fundraising. I was like, we should just go to the cross in the tin. We have this like in our where we're in our worship center on base. We have a cross on the side of the wall. I thought we should go to it, kneel down, and just chant money, money, <laughs> money, <laughs> money. <laughs> but like, you think that's funny? But that happens all the time in prosperity gospel churches. I know it's really sad. It's really sad. <laughs> oh man! One time I was at a church service and this guest speaker came down. It was talking about, he's a prosperity speaker. Mm-hmm. I was younger, too young to remember this, but my mom was telling me about it. Mm-hmm. And this guy apparently came in, and he's like, he got like the crowd all riled up and like cheering. And he's like, does anyone have a $100 bill in their pocket? And mind you, I lived in Detroit. So if people had $100, that's like very in, like important money for their whole family. Right. And people whip it out. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, run down and put it in the offering bin, and God's going to give you way more. Oh, my gosh. And like people like stormed the front. To give this guy money, and then he just took off and never came back to the church, to my knowledge. Whoa. That's evil. Just rob this church. That's crazy. Of people who are genuinely trying to follow Jesus, but just don't really know how. Yeah. And they're poor. That's wild. Oh, man. So this is why I'm upset with the prosperity gospel, because I've seen it manipulate people and hurt people. Yeah. So you want to start off by, like, by explaining what it is, kind of, like, word of faith, prosperity. Yeah. So prosperity gospel goes by a couple different names. Um, like Derry just said, it's Word of Faith. That's like the most common name. We've talked about it a little bit. Yeah, here. we have. Okay, like the yeah. name and the claim of faith, the health and wealth gospel, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Basically, it claims that God rewards increases in faith with increases in health and or wealth. Right. So like, if you have more faith, 
you're a healthier person and you have more money. So Derry right now is very unfaithful because he's sick. Yeah. And like how like God loves you less because I'm than he loves me because I'm healthy and you're yeah. sick. Everything's based off of faith. So like they believe that because Jesus died on the cross, right, and he um like destroyed the curse of sin that happened in the garden, right? So yeah. in the garden, Adam sinned and then there was the curse, right? And so they believe because that curse is gone that all the effects of that are also gone. So all sickness, all disease, all poverty, all those things are gone. You just have to have faith in them and you have to have faith in Jesus and then those things are gone, yeah. right? Because they say like those things can't exist in God's kingdom and we're in God's kingdom right now and mm-hmm. it's like here on this earth and um, because we believe that, those things can't exist, which is absolutely unbiblical. Yeah, like they claim that God, or they already said that, they believe atonement of Christ removes like sin but also poverty and sickness. Right. right? And how I, I read about it today, and like this article put it so well, because I used to believe the prosperity gospel. I was like, prosperity light. That's a lot of people do. I was like... Prosperity light. I was like in, uh, what's a word when you're like, not playing on legendary or hard, but like the easier one? I don't know. Recruit? I don't know. Recruit. I was like a recruit uh, prosperity gospelist. Yeah. Like I was like into it, but I was like, I don't act... Like always, every time I was like sitting in service or like, or listening to a message... Yeah. Because not every message I, of the church I went to was prosperity. Like very few actually probably were prosperity. Yeah. But it was like the sermons I listened to online. I listened to them like I don't think this is right. I'm like I don't. This is I don't, weird. I don't know about this. This is I'm reading the Bible. I'm, I'm seeing like something different. This in the Bible. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm like, huh. But where I was going with that is like um, how this article wrote it was that like they believe in the like the spirit like. The re- the physical world is formed out of the spiritual world, which mm-hmm. we believe also. Mm-hmm. But they believe it's to the extreme where you, because it's all spiritual, you can manipulate the physical if you with the power of your thought because you are yeah. a spiritual being. Yeah. So like you're a spiritual being living in a spiritual world. Therefore, your thoughts can affect the physical world because this is actually just a spiritual world. And what you're seeing is just kind of not... It's like loosely an illusion, but they wouldn't call it an illusion. But that's yeah. basically what they would get at. It's very interesting. So it's like, oh, if I'm sick... I can change the molecules in my body to be healthy if I just think about them being healthy enough. Right. Proclaim it out loud. Yeah. Like, I've had, I think I've told you guys this on the show before. Like, I've had people tell me I can pray against going bald if I just say I'm going to not be bald enough and, like, pray and, like, think about having enough hair. Like, it'll happen. And I'm like, you're, I don't know where you get this from. Yeah. It's grounded in some amount of science and kind of about placebo that we were talking about earlier. Like, a lot of it is placebo. And a lot of stuff freaking works with placebo really yeah. well. So a lot of the evidence for this is just placebo. Yeah, and like it's rooted in like it can be loosely tied back or brought back to a actually a new age um, movement called New Thought that took that like started becoming a thing in the 1800s. Okay. And New Thought was basically this idea of kind of uh, what people call the new age. Um, oh, what's it called? Not manifesting. But, like, when you think about something enough, like, a law, the law of attraction. Okay, yeah. So, if I think about something enough, yeah. I'm going to get it. So, if I think, like, sending good vibes, right? If I'm receiving good vibes, sending good vibes out. Right. It's, like, this, it's an early New Age belief of if you think positively, you will have a positive experience. And if you think positively, you will have a good life because you will have all these good things added to you. You won't right. get sick and all the power. Of, and they believe, like, and the theology of it kind of bases back to, like, the mind. So, they think, I read something that said, they believe that because 
the body how is like just like a, a house for the brain. Mm-hmm. Everything is by then an extension. This is a new age belief. Everything's an extension of the brain. Mm-hmm. So if I'm sick, there's something wrong with my thinking because everything's an extension of the brain. Interesting. You know? So then it's like, oh, if it's an extension of the brain, I had to change my thought pattern. I won't be sick. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like legit benefits to thinking positive, you know? Oh, I think, absolutely. I think if you're a grateful person and you practice like being grateful, you're going to be more positive. Yeah, there's science and, to that. Yeah, like, it's legit. But it's not, like, they just take it to the extreme. Right, right. You're, it's not like a fact that you're you're not speaking out fact and you say, I'm not sick when you are. You right, know like, I mean? it's like if you're a prisoner in a third world country for your faith, you can't sit there and be like, I'm not a prisoner, I'm a millionaire. It's like, no, dude, you're, you're getting fed rations, bro. You're in right, chains. Right, Like, you're, you're physically, you spiritually might be free, which is awesome, and, like, you can glorify God and do that, but you're physically still in poverty. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Still, you're still in like so talk games. about a little bit how like so many of these teachers abuse money and why like prosperity gospel is so much about money and how money like comes to me yeah and all that kind of stuff yeah so that's like when Derry said that money cometh to me that's a legit quote from a prosperity money teacher I forget it. to me yeah I forget who it was we looked it up earlier but this guy but from, I have it written down it's a uh, uh, Leroy Thompson Leroy Thompson look it up yeah. Leroy Thompson money cometh, money cometh to, me. to me watch it on YouTube it's pretty, pretty funny, funny. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so you wanted me to talk about, like, why it's about money? Yeah, just, like, explain a little bit, like, yeah, yeah, why so it's, like, it's about money, why the people, like, get so rich who are the, uh, like, the perpetrators or the teachers, I guess, of yeah, so prosperity. The prosperity teachers will tell you that if you give money to God's kingdom, i.e. their ministry, mm-hmm. you will receive more money back in your bank than you have given. Right. Right, so if I give $100 to Dairy. God's going to give me a thousand or $10,000 because that's how it works. Like God, like they, like there's scriptures they take out of context and like, or, and whatnot. The Malachi four one. Yeah. Malachi. We talked about it a little bit before. Yeah. And it's like all that stuff. And so there's things they take out of context and they just basically say, if you give, God will give back to you mm-hmm. and God wants you happy and healthy. So if God wants you happy and healthy and he's going to give to you, he's going to give you things that'll make you happy and healthy. And, and our, Western mindset in our very materialistic world, things that make most people happy and healthy are money. If you have money, you can afford mm-hmm. a lot of health care. If, if you have money, you can afford a lot of nice pleasures and luxury and all this stuff. Yeah. And there's like, the Bible just doesn't give that message if you read it in whole, you know? And so they manipulate the Bible to make it seem like God want, God will give you bunches of money if you give money to his ministry. Right. Right. And that's not to say that we think that God won't provide. Like, we're missionaries. We believe God does provide. Absolutely. If anyone else, if any, of anyone else, of anyone that's a Christian that can claim God's mm. provision, it's missionaries. Yeah. Right? Like, we don't get paid. We get to rely on God right. month to month. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we totally believe in God's provision and God blessing us financially. We see it all the time. But we yeah. just, they, I think what they do is they make money almost absolute rather than the cross absolute. And that's where I think it gets dangerous. It's interesting, yeah. It's all about that faith thing where if you don't have enough faith, that's why you don't have that thing. So, like, you don't have enough faith, that's why you don't have a lot of money. That's why you're struggling and you're poor and you live in, like, this part of town. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it makes like That's why, like, your sister has cancer. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's like a, it's a really messed up, like, low-key workspace thing because then it's like, because then you're responsible for your situation. I think there's, everyone should take ownership and, like, take control Of of their situation. Of course. But it's like, oh, man, like... You lost your job? Wow, where's your faith? God's not happy with you. Like you're not right. good. It's like a very shame on you mentality if right. you don't have a good life. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's I forget who was talking about this. We were talking with someone, but they were like, 
man, like imagine one of those like preachers going up and talking to someone in like the Philippines or something that's just like in a slum somewhere. Yeah. Were you there for that conversation? I think that was me. Was that you? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because I had that, I had that conversation with someone. I was like, bro, like people in the Philippines and the slums have more faith than us. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And they're like, I don't have an answer for that. They just they need to have more faith that they want to have things. I was like, oh my gosh, like they, I was like. That's the thing. Like, the prosperity gospel can't answer for why they're suffering in the world. Yeah, they can't answer for why people, why Christians, who are in the third world countries, who are getting beheaded in the Middle East for saying the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. they have no answer for why they're not living a prosperous life. Yeah, they also don't have scripture to back it up. Right, and it's just oh, it it's just rough. Good. It's deceitful. It yeah. sounds good because it's what you want. Like the flesh wants its wants its way. Yeah, and the prosperity gospel says. God wants you to have your way too. You can have it if you give us money. Yeah. And exactly. so it's like, oh, cool. Awesome. I'll do that. And it's just, it's really sad. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about the prosperity gospel in describing it or just inform people about it before we talk about why it's wrong, like biblically? Yeah. I wanted to read um, a quote from the Gospel Coalition, Coalition, gospelcoalition.com. Yeah. Coalition. Um, this is from an article called The New Thought Roots of the Prosperity Gospel, so go check it out. Okay. And it says, The prosperity gospel is dangerous precisely because it takes biblical themes to non-biblical extremes. It's not hard to demonstrate biblically that God wants an abundant life for his followers, yeah. but when that abundance gets defined in worldly terms through the lens of pseudo-Christian therapeutic psychology, mm. we have the makings of a theological disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. And I just read that, I was like, that's such a good quote. I was like, I'm going to say that whole thing on the show. I was yeah, like, that's, that's amazing. And that's what the thing, right? Like taking biblical themes that are true, like God wants you to prosper, yeah. but then defining it with worldly terms. Right. And that comes about prospering, not about God. Yeah. 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 And that's like something I'd love to touch on. Like what does biblical prosperity look like? Cause the Bible has a lot of verses. Yeah. Like let's talk about that at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're going to have an abundant life and whatnot, but yeah. So do you have any more comments you want to say? We can talk about ways to identify the prosperity gospel or whatnot. Yeah, you want to talk about ways to identify it first or why it's wrong? I think we Let's talk about why it. it's wrong okay. first. So I have a few verses. I don't know a lot of the verses they use to like propagate the prosperity gospel. I know the Malachi 4.1. Yeah. Um, they use like Philippians like, I know my God will meet all your needs according to his riches. Right, right, right. Jesus. Yeah, right. Um, there's a lot of those ones. Also like, whatever you ask in my name, it will be given to you. Oh, yeah. They, they take a lot of those verses out of context. Like, that one's about the Holy Spirit. Like, a lot of them are just so easy to interpret in context. But they yeah. just pull them out and, like, take some crazy, like, application from it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a couple of verses to, like, kind of show the opposite of it, uh, the opposite of the prosperity gospel. Um, one is First Timothy 6, 9, which says, Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into senseless and harmful desires, and plunge people into ruin and destruction. That's a very descriptive verse. Yeah, like, those plunge. are those are a lot of things that happen when you desire to be rich. Right, and that's what the gospel does. It's like, I want Jesus for success, for this. And it's like, it makes Jesus a means to an end, not Jesus the end itself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Luke 18.4 says, How difficult is it for a rich, per- a rich person to enter the kingdom of God? That's not the full verse, but... That's part of the verse. Yeah. Right? Pretty straightforward. Yep. Um, and then there's another one that's not necessarily about like wealth, but it's like our heart towards wealth, which is Luke twelve thirty three, And it says, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old, with treasure 
in the heavens that do not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For um, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right? Yeah, so right. It's, it's literally talking about the opposite of what the prosperity gospel is, right? It's saying Absolutely. give all of your money away, not expecting to get anything back on this earth, right? It's saying give all your money away so that you will get treasure in heaven where mm-hmm. no moth can destroy it, like no fire can burn it away. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? They make they make this earth so important. Like, yeah, they put this like life on a pedestal and like, I don't know, I think maybe their the thinking is like, if people see how blessed and how rich I am, they want to follow Jesus. Yeah. But people get rich and like money like that without following Jesus, just yep. the same. Probably even more so. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, like if you like, they don't make heaven and Jesus absolute. Yeah. They might say they do, like, oh, we love Jesus. He's absolute. He's a savior. But it's like, bro, like if Jesus told you right now you're gonna be poor for the rest of your life, would you follow him? Yeah. And if that's that's the question, I think we gotta ask him, like, what would you do if God stripped you of everything? Yeah. Would you deny him or, or would you just chase out the next thing that's going to make you rich? Or Yeah. <clears throat> like, what is it? Yeah. I always love, uh, like, when people talk about the disciples and Jesus and how they were, like, rich or something like that. Oh. Like, that's one of the only prosperity sermons I've ever heard, uh, besides just, like, the highlights I've heard from different YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, and one I heard was, he was just like, don't you think, like, Jesus and his disciples were rich? And he's like, they were going around talking to crowds of, like, 5,000 and all these thousands of people all the time healing all the sick. Don't you think they gave them tons of gifts and stuff like that? And I was like, what in the world? Like, where in the Bible do you see that anywhere? Yeah, that the, it says, like, he was rich. The like, only time nowhere. I've heard it like that, people are like, Jesus had wealth. I'm like, what are you talking about? He says he's homeless. Yeah. And they're like, like, literally the son of man has no place to lay. Right. Head. And he's like, well, Judas was the treasurer. I'm like, okay. And they're like, yeah. And he says he took money out and they didn't notice. So they had to have enough that he didn't notice. I'm like, Okay, maybe, but also, like, that's probably from their personal support. Like, Jesus, the Bible also says that, like, like certain women followed Jesus around to listen to his teachings and gave to him out of their own personal expenses. Yeah. Like, that's, like, supporters, like, kind of we have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus had supporters, and he had a treasurer, like, to take care of that because he didn't want to, he had other things to do rather than focus on money. Yeah. But this dude was homeless. Yeah. He, Nothing like, from the scripture would imply that they had a ton of money. Right. And he's like, don't take anything with you when you go. And he's like, when you're preaching the gospel, like, enter a city and just stay at the first house that invites you. He didn't say, yeah. take this money and go rent a place, right? Yep. And he came in on a donkey, bro, not a chariot. Yeah. But I've also heard it said that donkeys were expensive back then. I don't really know the yeah. case of that. But I was like, dude, this guy did not live a glamorous life. Yeah. Like, he rebuked the people who tried to live a glamorous life, which are the Pharisees. Yeah. And it's just, oh, man. It's so obviously I get wrong. Heated. <laughs> it's just so strange, like... It's so apparently wrong from all of the message of scripture. Yeah. It's hard to believe that people believe it. Something that just came to my mind that I think, I, I think is important to talk about is the rebuttal that we get when we talk to people who are for the prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would necessarily say they're for it, but if I talk down about a ministry that's overtly prosperous, like a prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. like Joel Osteen's church, yeah. if I talk about him, right? Or if I talk about all these other people, the main thing I hear in conversations is, but he has such a big gathering, and look at how God's blessed him. That's evidence enough of how much God loves him. <laughs> and I'm just like, I like am dumbfounded. Bro, you been to a Drake concert? I'm like, bro, Hitler had a lot of followers too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. You know, we're gauging spirituality by how many followers you have Right, now. like, if that's the case, Jesus was not a Christian then, because he had, like, yeah. was, that wasn't blessed. Everybody left him. He had, like, all his 12 closest Bros, except for like one left him. Like, yeah. I think Peter watched from a distance, or like John was there with his mom, yeah. right? And it's just like crazy. 
oh, dude, it's just something. It just hurts me because I'm like, read the Bible, man. Like, you can't get that from the Bible. Yeah, it's pretty sad. I think that's where I get more upset because, like, I don't get upset that they're believing the prosperity gospel. I get upset that they're not reading their Bible for what it is. Yeah. And I'm just like, don't you understand? You have Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. Jesus is way more worth it than anything you could ever have. Yeah. Like, Do you want to talk about how to uh, identify it now? Yeah. And then we can talk about the true gospel and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Oh, man, I was just about to get on soapbox about the surpassing value of knowing Jesus. I'll save it. <laughs> cool. So this is from John Piper. Um, super awesome preacher. Um, theological views are Calvinist, but he's, like, blessed my life so incredibly. And he's just like... Yeah. We've talked about him before, I think. You can disagree with him. Like, a lot of people will get triggered when he's like, oh, you you listen to, to that guy? Oh, John Piper's so good, dude. So, like, I've never seen such a, like... I've never seen someone so insanely in love with Jesus. Yeah. Like, it just comes out. Like, it's just, it's amazing. I love yeah. this guy. I'm so mean, happy he's a brother of his, his views on predestination, but it doesn't oh, matter. Yeah, like, he well, has so many great, like, that, other yeah. teachings. That's not, that's not a salvific topic. Yeah. I love that theological term. <laughs> okay, so, six ways to identify the prosperity gospel. We'll take them one at a time and maybe comments about them if we need to. So, number one is the absence of a serious doctrine of the biblical necessity and normalcy of suffering. The absence of a doctrine of suffering. Any thoughts? What's your question? Are there any thoughts, any comments you want to make on the first one of absence of a doctrine of suffering? Like the church you go to does not talk about the regular, like, reality of suffering in the Christian life. Oh, you're saying, like, that's a mark of... Yeah, like, if they don't ever talk about suffering, it's like, oh, that's concerning. Oh, yeah, that's very concerning. That suffering is, like, yeah. a giant, huge part of being a Christian. Yeah, like the Bible, like Jesus talks about the Bible all the time. promises it. He's like, you will suffer. If you're not suffering, you should probably check out why. Yeah, if you're not suffering, either it's super blessed season right now or something else is off. But yeah. if you're not suffering, you're probably not a threat to the enemy. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know if that's, a, I don't know if I 100% agree with that statement myself. Sometimes. Because God could just have you in a super awesome season right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, true. <laughs> okay, number two. The absence of a clear and prominent doctrine of self-denial as a tip-off, that, or is a tip-off that something is amiss. So, hmm. if you're congregation if your pastor's not telling you to deny yourself and serve others and serve christ that's a problem interesting which i think is good yeah um number three warning sign that you might be in a prosperity church or to identify it the absence of a serious exposition of scripture so they're not taking the bible no matter what church you're in yeah are you in church if you're not reading scripture dude no i can tell you stories of churches i like services i've been in like, and they just, yeah. I don't want to talk bad about any churches, but sometimes I've been in services and I'm like, you read like one verse, dude. Which like, I was actually shocked. We started, I started going to reality, Darius church, and they actually read the Bible in the beginning of service. It's great. Like I was actually blown away, like 23 years old since. So I'm like, yo, they actually read the Bible out loud? Yo, at, at reality, we literally read the Bible for 10 minutes as part of our service. Like, like two we're going, chapters. We're going through Exodus right now and they'll just read like. The full, like, two chapters of Exodus. And it's just about all, like, the sacrifices and how to do everything and, like, what's customary. And literally, like, they'll get someone from the audience to, like, come up and read for, like, ten minutes. Yeah, and I was, like, blown away. I'm like, this is amazing. I've never witnessed this before. Are we read in scripture? Like, I like I don't think, like, I like the churches I went I grew up in, but I was just like, oh, we never, we just didn't do it. It just was not part of the culture I was right. raised in. I was, like, shocked. I was like, people still do this? What are we in, like, the 1950s? Stop read the Bible. Like, Stop you, doing that. You read the Bible in church? I don't even do that. <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, 
the absence of dealing with tensions in scripture. So they don't look at like the controversial parts right. and they're not right, like, right. you know, the parts are like honestly hard to Yeah, discuss. that's why we created the podcast. Yeah, the whole reason this yeah. exists. <laughs> okay, um, number five, church leaders who have, <clears throat> I'm going to say that again, church leaders who have exorbitant lifestyles. So yep. $500. <laughs> no, no. This is a call back. They were given earlier. to them. That were given to they them. were given to them. If you guys want to buy us $500 shoes, I'll sell them. I won't. So <laughs> I will I will wear them very rarely because <coughs> I don't know how my how people would feel about that. But I wouldn't want to wear I would wear them, but I wouldn't feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Because people would be like, oh, you're a missionary. You're talking about being, like, depending on God and, like, living, like, by his provision when he wants to give you money. But here you are $500 shoes, like, and you're asking money for a plane ticket. And I'm like... Uh, I didn't get these myself. Like, right. So I go to Asia and buy like $30 shoes or like, I think that's the most I've spent on shoes in a long time. Yeah. And that was a lot for Asia. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the final one, and I'll review these again in order so you can hear them like without any interruption. A prominence of self and a marginalization of the greatness of God. Hmm. And yep. that, I think that's, that's, that's a huge one. Yeah, that's it right there, right? Yeah. And it hits on the head. Like, if it's all about you, 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 you can do it. You, it's like, there's aspects of, like, you can do it, you can do it, but it's like, man, if you leave If all the God, worship's about, like, me and all the, the preaching's about you and your problems and stuff like that, yeah, yeah, you got a problem. It's like, that's not, that's not biblical. Yep. We should, oh, we could do a whole episode on freaking worship songs that are yep. self-focused. That, that one, like, the last one you talked about, the me problem, is not, like, just a, a problem with like the word of faith prosperity gospel movement that's just a, a problem in like Christianity in general today yeah and like sometimes I'm like on edge I'm like I don't know if we should be singing all this but then I read the scriptures and sometimes like Paul's like talks about the he's like God saved this for you like he did these like things for you and I'm like okay there's yeah like, there's definitely there's some aspect to there's it there's definitely like a place for worship songs that are about you and your problems and stuff like that yeah um, but there's definitely a place for songs that are about God and, and all that kind of stuff right yeah definitely all right, so I'm going to just go through these six again in order without, okay. um, without like, interruption, so you can just have them concise All right. and remember them. Mm. So, number one. Hey, actually, I wanted to say something first. Yeah, go for it. I just wanted to interrupt you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, all right, dude, whatever. The absence of a serious doctrine of the biblical necessity and normalcy of suffering. The absence of a doctrine of suffering. Number two. The absence of a clear and prominent doctrine of self-denial is a tip-off that something is amiss. Number three, the, absolute, the absence of serious exposition of Scripture. Number four, the absence of dealing with tensions in Scripture. Number five, church leaders who have exorbitant lifestyles. And number six, prominence of self and a marginalization of the greatness of God. Yep, those are good. Six ways you can identify prosperity gospel churches. Sweet. Nice. All right. So in concluding in these last couple of minutes... Let's touch on, I would like to touch on, like, what is biblical prosperity and the true gospel? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, can you tell me, like, who are some prosperity, like, teachers first yeah. a little bit? So just offhand the top of my head. Some classic ones. You got Joel Osteen. Some great memes. He's like the paper boy. Yeah, other, dude. Like, I think that's still a term, right? He's like the cool, hip version. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got, like, Kenneth Copeland. Who freaked out last year? We like. Yep. I wish we had a podcast back then so we could talk There's about some like, great memes of Kenneth Copeland. Oh my if you gosh. go on YouTube, guys. Dude looks like that snake from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, that's mean. That's mean. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that's just... I feel bad about that one. <laughs> um, Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn. He actually said the other... Like, recently how he took the press where he got some too far and, like, low-key repented for yeah, it. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that, yeah. though. Joyce Myers. She's into it. Mm-hmm. Leroy um, Thompson. Leroy Thompson. Some people are claiming Todd White now, but I haven't heard anything. Somewhat Stephen Furtick, but I think he's more in the less prosperity and more of like motivational, like self. Yeah, stuff. I've been hearing a lot of stuff on both of those people about Todd White and um, and that guy, and Furtick. Stephen Furtick. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. I don't have enough. Like, I haven't heard anything from their teachings right. to, to tell me that. One person sent me a clip of Stephen Furtick that they were like, "Oh, this is the." is the proof that he's like a false teacher and I listened to it I was like bro you just took it out of context like yeah and like I listen to his stuff and I'm like this actually blesses me like I'm yeah this is great like I think he's more of a motivational speaker with the bible than a pastor yeah, 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 yeah. but he's still like pointing me to Jesus and reminding me to keep chasing after my dreams like I'm like thanks dude like I don't know if I call you a pastor but like, def- like if you were a TED talk I would definitely be there <laughs> you know like 100% yeah uh, T.D. Jakes um, T.D. Jakes just recently I saw this thing about how he's preaching about pre-existence that was weird interesting yeah yeah anyways let's move on to what you were saying like uh, a biblical view of what prosperity is and um yeah stuff like that all right so you have all the bible verses on your phone do we want do you want to start talking about that first and i'll chime in i mean i don't have a lot of bible verses for it i just have like thoughts in general yeah i was saying something like i was thinking like a biblical prosperity is like being prosperous in the fruits of the spirit like first and foremost right yeah. Like, I would say having a flourishing relationship with Jesus is the best and, like, the only prosperity that you need and should want in life. Yeah. Right? Like, if you look at the fruits of the Spirit, which are just real quick, like, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like, man, you get those in your life, and you see, like, a wealth of those increase in the way you're treating people. And, like, yep. you find yourself forgiving those you used to hate. Like, you are prospering. Yeah. In the biblical sense, like God is at work in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I would point to the three verses we already read. Um, those verses from Luke and from uh, Timothy, they all point to a denial of self and a denial of possessions and not wanting to be rich and an increase of God's glory, right? Yeah. Um, an increase of like treasure in heaven. And it, it just completely decreases the like things and the possessions you can get here and increases, like, the glory of God and the things that are waiting for you in heaven. Absolutely. Right? So I think you can just look up all of Scripture, just, just read the Bible, and you'll see, like, <laughs> all of these verses that speak against it. Yeah. I think a really interesting part of the Bible to look at for, uh, like, seeing what prosperity actually is in the Bible is the wisdom literature. So mm. wisdom literature in the Bible is a certain type of literature. So if you don't know, the Bible is written in different forms, different styles, some of its poems, um... There's novel, well, it's like storytelling. Right, there's a lot of different prophets. styles, yeah. but one style is wisdom literature. And mm-hmm. there's three specific books, right, that are wisdom literature, right? So yeah. we have Proverbs, um, we have Ecclesi- or Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, yeah, and we have Job, right? Yeah. So those are, the, those are the three books of the Bible that are wisdom literature. And Proverbs is sort of the first one I want to talk about. And that whole book is not unrealistic, but it's... God's, like, template to us about, like, you... It's like it's almost like a math book. It's like, you do this, this will happen. Yeah. You do this, this will happen, right? Yeah. It's just saying, like, this is how you prosper. I want you to be prosperous. You you act in this way, you're going to prosper in this way. You act in this way, you're going to get long life in this way, 
right? And right. so it's saying like all these things will follow these actions that you do. So in a way, it's like, yeah, like you want to do these things, you're going to prosper. It's just logic. It's like math. Like that's what the Bible says. There's you a work whole... hard, you're going to get a good, wa- good wage. Yeah. Just... So there's a whole book dedicated to like how you can prosper and do those things, right? But there's two more wisdom literature books, right? So right after Proverbs, um, the next kind of in line of the wisdom literature is Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesiastes is a super, like, it seems like it'd be kind of depressing. It's my favorite like, book, dude. <laughs> it's a crazy book. But basically, it's from the perspective of, um, like, an accuser or a guy. He's kind of like a, considered a doubter talking to another guy. And he's saying, hey, like, this stuff in Proverbs, like, that's not what happens in real life. Like, yeah. Like, and I was going to say, just going to say real quick, like, the guy who wrote it was a king who had everything. And this is like the yeah. end of his life looking back on everything he had. And he did like talks about it. He's like, I did not refuse my hand from anything. Right. And I had whatever I wanted. And right. so I just wanted to like add that in there. Like it's a perspective of the guy who got the prosperity that we're all, that the prosperity gospel preaches. Yeah. So a lot of like the themes of it is that bad things do happen to good people. Like people who do follow all these things talk about in Proverbs, like sometimes don't get that result. Sometimes their crops do die even when they were faithful. Right. And like sometimes people who shouldn't have gotten cancer do get cancer. And it's just talking about how like sin has entered this world and corrupts that system that God had created of you do this, like this, you'll reap this reward. Right. Mm -hmm. But God still gives us that system of he wants us to like be prosperous. And so he gives us that system. You do this, this will happen to you. Right. And then the third book of wisdom literature is Job, where it plays out like Job's going through this thing where he did all the right things, but all these bad things happened to him. And he's sort of living out like two different lives. The first one is where he does Proverbs, basically, and Mm -hmm. is faithful and righteous and all these like good in God's sight, does all these good things. Um, He's blameless. And and then uh, the accuser comes and starts doing all these things to him. God allows him to take away all of his stuff. Um, And. Job's like, I've done all these things right. And people are like, you must have sinned, right? That's like, that's following kind of like the lines of Proverbs. You must have sinned. And uh, Job's like, no, I haven't sinned and all this kind of stuff. And so that kind of goes into the Ecclesiastes where like bad things are happening to good people. And at the very end, Job is like questioning God. He's like, why'd you do this? And God's like, hey, I'm God. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm God. Like, who are you to question me? And like my my ways and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, he was like, yeah, he's kind of like accusing God like, Saying, like, you were unjust to let this happen. Like, pointing yeah. the finger at God. And God's like, what are you doing? Don't you know I'm God? And he's like, I created everything. Yeah, he's like, I, I'm, what? Like, who are you? Like, it's like yeah. a little kid, like, telling their dad, like, you are bad at what you do. And it's like the dad's giving them everything. And, like, the, the dad took away, like, a few of their toys to teach them discipline. Right. Maybe. And it's like. It's pretty funny. And the kid's crying. It's like, who are you? Yeah. And that's, like, the biggest message. It's like, who are we? And, and as humanity, to point the finger at God and tell him he's doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, what I love about Ecclesiastes is it talks about, like, the guy had everything. He had, like, 700 wives and 400 concubines. The dude was yeah not lacking on that. He had, like, he had cities that were storage cities for just his gold or his silver. It's crazy. Like, the pile of silver. Like, this guy was the richest guy in the history and the richest guy in the king, richest king in the world. Yeah. And he says, like, it's all vanity. At the end of his life, he's like, look, I've worked this hard and I'm going to die and not have any benefit. And someone who didn't work for it is going to get all of it. Yep. And he just talks about how, like, puts it in perspective, like, it doesn't matter. Like, live for the next life. It's I crazy. think, like, the biggest thing from Ecclesiastes, I think, is the biggest takeaway at the end. It's, like, he says something to the effect of, like, 
I surmise that the best thing a man can do is love God, love his work, and love his wife. Mm-hmm. And like, I, like that's 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 the good life. Mm-hmm. If you love what God's given you to do, you love God yourself, and you love the people around you. Yeah, and that's the message of the gospel too. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. So I would say, like, if I had to sum up what Christian prosperity really looks like, is that yes, God does want you to prosper, right? But that's not going to happen a lot of the time. Like yeah. we're just we're promised suffering. We're promised stuff like that, right? Yeah. And the prosperity that, like, the physical and like materialistic prosperity, it happens in the next life. And like the whole message, I think, of the New Testament is like, this life is not all there is. Yeah. Like Paul says, the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus. And mm-hmm. he's like, I've lived rich, I've lived poor, I've lived hungry, I've lived without hunger. Like I've been mm-hmm. like, I lived both rich and poor. And he's like, but all of it's nothing if I don't have Jesus. And yeah. he's like, he, and it's kind of like. This life is worth suffering for if it means I get to know Jesus now and forever. Yeah. And, like, knowing that, like, maybe prosperity is not, like, the, like, it'll happen, but it might not be God's perfect will. Maybe it is for some mm-hmm. people. But it's, like, the whole idea of the scripture is that it's, like, this life is not all there is. Yeah. And it's always pointing forward to Jesus. And there will be prosperity in the kingdom because we'll have all our needs met and we'll have no lack of anything. There is no sickness. There is no death. And I think the thing of the prosperity gospel is it takes the promises of the kingdom for later future tense and tries to bring them now. Yeah. And that's where we get screwed up. It's like, no, like that's, the Bible doesn't say you're not going to have any problems now. The problem, the hope of the kingdom of God is that when you die, there's no death, there's no suffering, there's no pain, there's no sickness, there's no hurt. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. perfect there. Yeah. And it's for eternity. It's not just 80 years. Yeah. And that's not going to, that's not to say like no Christians will be rich and stuff like that. Right. Right. But it's definitely very easy to fall into temptation when you desire to be rich. And like, even like the Bible says, like, how can a rich man enter the kingdom of God? Right. Yeah. So it's all about how, like, if you are rich, like, are you making that your God? Or would you give everything away in a second if God told you to? Right. Yeah. And it's like always checking the heart. Right. Yeah. And that's where it's got, you got to stay close to Jesus and like, because like, I know Christians who are very well off. Yeah. And it's okay. Like They use their money to expand the kingdom. They've, yeah, me too. They've supported my mission trips in the past. They support people regu- other people regularly. And it's yeah. Like, There's no shame in having a lot of money. Right. It's just don't let the money have you type deal. Yeah. Which is that super cliche saying like, God doesn't want you to not have things. He doesn't want things to have you. It's like, yeah. it's cheesy, but it's so true. Like, yeah. God is a jealous God. He's, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. He's like, mm-hmm. he's jealous for your heart. He cares about your heart. If anything's pulling your heart away from him, he hates that. Yeah. So the point of like Christian prosperity is not to have like lots of things here. It's not to focus on all the money and like things you can acquire. That would be like the fault of prosperity gospel teaching, yeah. right? Which is what things can I acquire? I'm making things my God and saying like, that's the thing that I want most is things and possessions. And that's what I'm making my God and not God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's in a nutshell, prosperity gospel. Yeah. Um, we wanted to like give you guys those things to sit on, to chew on, to mold over. Yeah. Maybe there's a lot more than we talked about, about it. Yeah. And we just want to encourage you guys, you know, keep seeking Jesus, keep seeking the true gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ who yep. saves us and, and rescues us from our slavery to sin and, and establishes us as sons and Kings or, yeah. or, or princes, I guess, in a way sons and, and like under the King, you know, and like, yeah, like, and a whole identity switch to you're not enslaved to sin. Yeah. You're not given like to your addictions. Like there is hope, of freedom in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to encourage you guys to chase after. Yeah. And if I can encourage you one thing, I would say stop listening to so many like preachers about stuff and just start reading the Bible more. Yeah. Like it's great to listen to preachers. And so like that, there's some great ones. I love Francis Chan. I love all those guys. Like they're all really cool. Um, but I don't listen to them a lot. 
Like I listen to them sometimes. I read the Bible a lot, you know, and I yeah. listen to what the Bible has to say in its proper context with a historical background. You can figure out what it means for yourself, especially most important thing with the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Like if you're reading the Bible and you're letting God speak to you through what you're reading and you know like the background and all kind of stuff, God can reveal to you what it means. You don't need a pastor to tell you what it means. It's the word of God. And if God is interpreting it for you, you're going to be all good. Yeah. Right. You can definitely go to theologians and scholars to figure out like what they say about it and that kind of stuff. But like, I feel like the reason so many people go wrong in prosperity gospel and stuff like that, because they're just not reading God's word and they're listening to human beings and interpreting it through what they say instead of reading it in its correct, uh, proper context with the proper interpretation. Oh, absolutely. I agree with everything you said. Sweet. All right. Joke time. Joke time. (laughs) (laughs) Move on. All right, Derry, I have a longer joke, so I'll let you go first. Should I go first? Yeah, I, went, I think I'm going first. Man, I don't have a long joke. It's it's a sentence. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? <clears throat> yeah. Whoo. Okay. Why do blind people hate skydiving? Why? It scares the hell out of their dogs. I like, like that one. I know I didn't. I, didn't I was like, "Where's this?" Go? I was trying to think like they can't see the bottom, so they have anxiety of the unknown. But they always have that. And no, I, was like, right. <laughs> I was like, "It's the dogs." I know that hit me hard when I when I read it. I was like, "Oh no, that's great." All right. Okay, so in talking about churches and stuff, my joke is this. So there's this guy. He's a homeless, alcoholic, but wants to get his life right. Okay. And so he thoughts, you know, I'm gonna go to. He thinks to himself, I'm gonna go to church, and get my life right. So Sunday morning comes, he walks into church, he's wearing ripped clothes, he hasn't showered in a long time because he's homeless, mm-hmm. and they're dirty clothes, and he's an alcoholic, so he smells like alcohol, sits front, sits front row, and lo- and like everyone in the congregation kind of give him those eyes, like, what are you yeah. doing? And they're just all proper, and they're Sunday yeah, yeah, best, yeah, yeah. and it's like, yeah. what are you doing, dude? And he goes up to the pastor after service, and, the pa- and he's like, hey, pastor, that was a great message, I really liked it. And he's like, oh, thanks, like, thanks for coming, like, we'd love to have you back, but... You know, next time you come back, you know, some of the congregation members are talking to me about the way you dress and the way you smell. We just, could you, do you think you could clean up a little bit? But like, you know, just, just pray about it. Just see what God says and like ask God about how you should dress, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh yeah, I'll totally do that. It makes sense. Next week comes around, the guy comes back and he's again wearing raggedy clothes, smells like alcohol, like messed up and gross clothes and mm-hmm. just dirty and all like same exact situation. And everyone's again, like looking at him commenting sits front row again loves the message goes to the pastor after service and the pastor's like hey how was it been he's like i'm good he's like did you pray about that thing about like did you ask god about how you should dress he's like yeah he's like i prayed i asked jesus how how i should dress at this church and jesus said he doesn't know he's never been here dang oh dang, my god that's great <laughs> such that's a savage I heard that. Oh. I think I was in church when I heard that. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's so funny!" I was like, "Frig, dude, that's good." Jesus said he didn't know he's never been here. <laughs> oh my god, it's like sad though because that kind of sometimes shows the state of our churches. But yeah. it's like, oh, that's so funny. That's crazy. <laughs> Dang, that's great. That's a good joke. I told it during evangelism the other day. Did you really? Yeah, we met a Christian and we talked for like an hour. So that's cool. Uh, just, we were talking about the state of the church and stuff like that and. 
how he got saved. I threw that joke out there, and him and Allie laughed, and I was like, oh, I'm going to use this on the podcast. Nice. That's great. I love that joke. Yeah. Some right. good jokes this week. Yeah. Anyways, y'all, thanks for listening. Thank you so much. We, we really you. appreciate it. We love We you. hope this blesses you. Bless your heart. Yeah. And be have, have prosperity come your way. <laughs> money, 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 money. money. money.